0: Welcome back to another episode of the Home Point Experience. Today, we have a special guest, Courtney Kimbrough out of uh, Alabama, is it? Yeah, right here in uh,
1: Saraland, Land, Alabama, like uh, not even eight minutes from Mobile, so.
0: Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, Courtney is a great friend of mine. He's been working with my company kind of for about a year so far. Um, kind of uh, stopped working. We had this crazy cool program going with Courtney where he was actually (laughs) in the Marines for what? You were in the Marines for like 10 years, right? And they offered you an internship program to come and work with my company to get real world experience, which was a great opportunity. And I thank you for joining us on that that journey really with us. Um, so Courtney, thank you so much for being here. I want to dive into your background today, dive into what's your main real estate investing strategy, and hopefully we can get some gold nuggets for the audience today. So, so welcome, Courtney, thank you for being here. Um, just Courtney, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, what's like your background, you know, dive into the military stuff, maybe how we met and, you know, really dive into like what got you started into real estate. All
1: right. So, um, First off, thank you for having me. Uh, I always feel welcome every time we're Zooming, whether it's a, a podcast or whatever or not. But again, appreciate you for having me. So there's a, a few questions and let's see if I can answer them all uh, when I happen to go back. But so first thing is uh, how main, how you and I met. Sure. Was Facebook, or Facebook group. I don't remember which one it was, but I I know I was like in a bunch of like wholesaling and real estate investing Facebook groups, and I went in there. I literally just posted, uh, you know, free experience cold caller. You know, who's looking for it? Everybody. There was probably about five or six people before you, right? Everybody was beating around the bush. Nobody wanted to come through. And I was like, well, I mean, the only qualification you need to have is literally uh, an LLC, uh, registered with the state and still being good to. And then be willing to sign some paperwork and talk to my CEO. You were the only one that hit me. I was like, all right, 10-minute paperwork. You got it taken care of. And like literally the next day, I got the paperwork turned in. And probably a week later, uh, you talked to my CEO. And we both know it took them like 12 years to get the paperwork done, though. That's the Marine Corps. Hurry up and wait.
0: yeah man i mean i was i was glad it was it was perfect timing it was it was serendipitous because like i I was looking for somebody just like yourself to really jump on and really help us out so it was it was perfect timing and uh you know I'm, i'm someone that just when I, when I, see an opportunity, I'm going to jump on that for full force. And, uh, we had all our, all our ducks in a row. And I know a lot of people starting out the game that, you know, might've wanted to jump on that opportunity, might not have their ducks in a row. They might not have the LLC. They might not have their paperwork. Um, so, you know, I get it. I get it. But, uh, you know, we were lucky to have, be in a position where we could take advantage of that and, uh, really connect with you, man. It's been, it's been, it's been a great ride too. So definitely great to have you, man. So, so yeah, so that's kind of how we've met, man, which is great. What about like your background, um, itself? Like what, what kind of got you into real estate? All right. So it, it's a funny story.
1: Back when I was, what was I? 17, 18, uh, I was fresh out of high school, going into college and college just didn't have a good feel for me going in. I was there on a, a football scholarship, uh, freaking ended up getting a track and a choir scholarship while I was there. Don't think I can sing. They was giving those things out like candy. I took one. <laughs> so, um, but I, I mean, college was a good time. Enjoyed myself, uh, Looked into the real estate thing, was thinking about getting my license because I always knew that I didn't want to work a job, even though I had not worked one since I was, what, 14, 15? Uh, on a worker's permit, I started working at McDonald's, then moved down to uh, Greer's, really good at my job, liked it, could still go back to this day, talk to the managers there. And they always ask me, hey, you want to come back more?" Like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know, but I had, I had fun I enjoyed it. It was it was an experience, to say the least. But that experience taught me that no matter how much I worked, there would always be a ceiling on how much I could make. If I was making $100 an hour, I would still have a cap. If I was making $1,000 an hour, as long as there was an hour behind how much I was making, there was always going to be a cap on it. So quite naturally, I joined the Marine Corps. <laughs> no, it, <laughs> no I, I, I joined the Marine Corps off of DARE. Really? Off a of dare? <laughs> off a of dare. Yeah. Someone told me that I wouldn't be able to pass the boot camp. Lo and behold, it was the recruiter that said this. Um, I'm a very competitive person. Joined off a of dare, went in, supposed to be an active duty, did four years, got my college paid for, uh, give myself time to decide and find out what I wanted to do with my life. Let that same recruiter talk me into joining reserve and tell me that I could go active after I was done, because if you went active duty, you're going to ship a year later. But going reserves, I would have shipped like at the end of that summer. I signed up in April, April 15th. I got a call on April the 29th saying, no, April the 28th saying, hey, we had a guy that's supposed to be shipping out, but he's not going to be able to make it. And you're the only one physically qualified. Can you be ready to go? And I was like, sure, when? He's like, tomorrow morning. I was like, what? <laughs> oh no, I, I don't know about tomorrow morning, but I, long story short, got everything handled, got on the bus, uh, flew out. Went to MEPS and flew out from MEPS from there, uh, made it to boot camp on the night of the 29th. And it was it was an experience to say the least. Um did a got a few uh mobilizations under my belt, no like actual deployment deployments, but you know, people in the service don't know what I'm talking about, different between the mobilization and a deployment. But um yeah, it was all in it was a good time uh in the Marine Corps. So, but I ended up two years ago. Uh, When my son was born, I realized I had missed a lot of my daughter's life working, uh, traveling the world, uh, doing stuff like that. And I decided that I wanted to find a way to actually be able to spend time with my family, but also have the income coming in without me having to work. Kind of separate those two. You know, I got in the Marine Corps and kind of lost sight of that. And it was mostly because, well, you're getting paid every two weeks. You know, and you got sick leave, you got 30 days of leave that you can take in. Literally, we get at least two or three holidays every single month. We talked about it. We work probably like 200 days out of 365 uh, days of the year, being in, being in the Marine Corps or the military in general. It might be a little more, but I might be exaggerating, but it, it's it's a small amount. Right. But right. I lost sight of that until the point where my son was born. And I was like, you know what? I want to be in my kids' lives and I want to be there for them. So that's whenever I started looking into doing stuff like this. And I went in like full stream, almost lost my marriage.
0: <laughs>
1: um, yeah. And I mean, pretty much here I am today. We can talk about what I'm doing uh, next right now, if you want to.
0: Yeah. So so let's bring it back real quick. So so you were in the Marines and you started uh, diving into real estate while you were still listed with the Marines, right? Great. So what were you, what were you doing and how are you doing it? Because obviously, you know, a lot of people have, they, they think that they can't get started into real estate. They can't do real estate because they have a full-time job. They have a family, but you had all, you had all that too. You you were in the Marines. You had a full-time job with them. Essentially you had, you had a family back home and you just knew that you had to get out of that situation somehow and get yourself financially stable so that you can spend time with your kids. So how, how are you able to do that in that situation?
1: Well, first um, it was a lot of long nights uh, with studying and just preparing myself for the entire situation. At first I started out, I was like, well, I want to do this, which was rental rentals. Right. Right. And I was like, man, hearing all these people talk about these horror stories with their tenants and stuff. I don't know if I want to handle that." Like, I'm not really trying. Let's take on a whole nother job. It's not really all that passive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I decided like, all right, well, I guess I'll try this wholesaling thing because I really don't have a whole lot of money to put into the situation. Uh, and everybody says you can do wholesaling with no money. So I decided to jump into that.
0: Awesome man. So, so you 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 want to get into rentals, and did you right. own a house already yet? Did you use your utilize your VA loan or something? Yeah, I had utilized my VA loan, and I was, was actually living in our house at that right. time. Right. So so you so you owned your own house, and you realized I probably don't want to buy another house for rentals. So you want to dive into wholesaling. Okay, right. great. So so what, what, what? How did you choose the area that you were going to go into, and how was that experience like? Well, the area that I was going to go into was essentially
1: my own backyard, because everybody said, you know, there's always diamonds in your own backyard. Oh, yeah. You know, the only reason why other people's grass is greener than yours is because they're watering theirs and not looking at yours, you know, that type of deal. So um, I started out there, uh, did my first two deals with a mentor. Um, I'm not going to name his name or anything like that, because it didn't turn out great. But... (laughs) Did my first two deals with him and split half of the profits with him going in. Both of those deals, listening to the information that he gave me, I almost lost both of those deals. Wow. So <laughs> needless to say, that that whole entire situation just went south sour. So I, I, I gave him half of both of my deals. The first one was only two grand. Uh the second one was 10 and also 5000 dollars up front for the opportunity to be given bad information.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah man it, no. it, it's tough in this industry man there's a lot of gurus out there that mm-hmm. man they ask a lot of money for wrong information that they're giving you <laughs> they do you man. Know, i get it man like, that, that wasn't even
1: my most expensive mentorship that i paid for not even close um but like even the one that i'm in now is got to be hands down the best one i've been in and it's the second least expensive it was like ten thousand eight hundred dollars wow and it's the best one hands down
0: that's awesome. Like if yeah. I had to, if I had to, and I had the money, I'd pay a hundred
1: thousand for it easily.
0: That's great. Uh, do you want to throw some, some plug in there for it? Oh, definitely. Uh, Pace
1: Morby.
0: Okay. Uh, sub yep. two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Pace Morby is that guy. I love listening to his content. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's one of the reasons what inspired me to start this podcast actually. Yeah. Pace Morby is, you know, one day he's going to hop on my show for sure. Cause uh, he's a great guy. He has a really good background and he's, mm-hmm. He's one of the most highly educated people in the game in terms of creative financing in my book, yeah. for sure.
1: And you want to know what the crazy thing is? His entire education didn't come from being educated. It came from doing. Yep. So he he went in and this is, I listened to one of his podcasts and he had one of his first students on there named Vincent. And he was like, yeah, so a lot of the students I talked to, they're going through the modules they're talking about how great they are. I wouldn't know. I never went through them. I got in, I listened to one of your podcasts. I heard you say, just get out there and do So that's what I did. I went out, I did. And when I ran into a problem I couldn't solve, I went to the community and asked them and they helped me out and they couldn't help. You came in and helped me directly. And now he's cash flowing a a crap ton of money every month from just getting out there and just doing. He's never been through a module whatsoever. He just went out there and just ran with it.
0: Right. That's what I did.
1: I think I'm on like week zero right now still. And I've been in the program for one or two weeks now. Wow.
0: It's just a but community already, factor there that's really helpful for exactly, you. To exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: So like, I was looking. And I was like, "Yo, I've always wanted to do this writer redemption thing, but I have no idea how to do it." So I just asked the community, and I'm all, I'm like, I'm a million percent certain that I'm gonna have an answer come up, whether it be from the community or from Pace, because Pace got on there and he liked it and commented on my actual post in the group himself.
0: Right. Which right. I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I was like, hey,
1: <laughs> admin, admin has liked and uh, commented on your post. I was like, oh. Well, I mean, hopefully
0: I get some answers. I'm looking right now, but I still can't figure it out. Right, right. So let's take a let's take a step back here real quick. So um we were we were talking about how you were in the military, started doing some wholesaling deals. Um you. Do you want to dive into one of those deals? How you found it, maybe, maybe just one of the ones on your own. All right. So I
1: wanna I wanna talk about my first deal because okay. it was my
0: worst. It was my worst
1: deal. All right. Uh which means it's also the most entertaining. <laughs> All right, so there was this guy. He had uh, he finds me on the uh, the website that I had set up. It was like this website builder that they set up on uh, for the guy that I was telling you about with the I had the bad experience with. Yep. So I, he got he got me a crap ton of leads. I'll say that like the, the leads were coming in like they were pouring in because the website, the algorithm, and everything they had set up was awesome. But there was also seven other students working in that same area where there's only supposed to be just me right using the same algorithms the same website the same everything yep I was like man what like I, i'm really like not providing any value but anyways i ended up getting a deal over the other students because i just went in there and it's like all the stuff i hadn't heard listening to max maxwell uh freaking uh what's his name flipping flipping mastery uh jerry norton jerry oh, norton yep yeah yeah like stuff like stuff i had learned from those guys uh i like just along the way i went in and i was talking to them and using those techniques and things like that so i ended up winning the deal over there the guy because one guy the house arv was 210 okay which is actually 215 but i can i did a conservative 205 yep. i'm very conservative on my numbers right smart um so i did a conservative 205 the remodel could have got away with it if you had a crew maybe for like 30 grand okay um the guy, I put it at 42. I said 42,000. The guy was wanting, what was he wanting? He was wanting 160 for it. And I was like, the highest I would be able to go possibly would be 142. He wouldn't budge off the 160. I was like, well, great. If someone else is going to give you 160, then I would go with them because, like, I, I couldn't see anybody else making it work. Right. Especially since I knew there were other wholesalers as well. I mean, even at those numbers, that seems tight to me, honestly. Yeah, that would be tight. Well, at the end of the day, I ended up getting this house, this guy talked down uh, to
0: 115. Okay. You you talked yeah. him down to 115. I talked him down to 115. Didn't you say you'd give him 142? <laughs> yeah. So how did he go all the way from there to there? And he wasn't even budgeting at 140. All right. So he's crazy. thing.
1: <laughs> His wife actually was the one that made all the decisions and everything. And I knew that. And I had her number and I contacted her She's she was like, no, we're selling this house. He's reluctant to sell it. It's his mom's house, but it's a death trap for our kid. They had like a six month old kid. I related to her. I got on her really, really good side. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, we had this one guy come through. He contracted us at 142 because that's what you said it would be. And he he flaked on him. He got flaked on him up in less than a week. He couldn't find anything. And his time period for him to drop his earnest money deposit, which is going to be a grand was seven days. I'm guessing he watched Jerry Norton too. He couldn't do it. He flaked on him. It's like, cool, yep. whatever. So I got I got the deal locked up. And I told him, like, look, I need 30 days and I'm not going to buy the property. Didn't lie to him. Didn't say anything. Like, I'm not going to buy the property, not at this price. And I told him, it's like, if, if it's going to be a price, I'm going to buy the property. I need to be 100% certain because this is a, actually a big job. I've never done anything this big before. And I would need to get it at about 125. Mm. He didn't want to do 125, I was cool with that. So 142 went in, Look for buyers, looked for buyers. Everybody came to look at the property. People didn't like the area, because it was in a bad area. They was like, all right, I like the house, I like this, I like that, but there's, I don't want to do any deals in this area. So a lot of people passed on it. So ended up, the guy went to jail. Wow. Then he got out of bed. And he was like, dude, we need to sell this house ASAP because I have to come up with five grand before next friday or i'm going to jail for 20 years wow so i was like all right well i was like all right well look i don't want to seem like i'm taking advantage of the situation but if we can get this knocked down to 115 then i'm sure we can get this house sold so i knocked it down to 115 and i called back all the other buyers that seemed interested in but said the price was a little high and i ran into this one guy really good guy actually sold him two houses (laughs) Nice. <laughs> but um, he comes in and I was like, Well, I have the house contracted at 115 and any uh, quick closing. You've already been over and inspected everything. Do you need to get anything else done? He was like, No, as long as we can get title done, I'm okay with it. I was like, Well, cool. Well, let's do this. I'll get you the house at 115 and we'll do my assignment fee at 10,000. And he was like, Great. 10,000 is great. We can do that. Well, I ended up actually taking part of my assignment fee and gifting it to him so he could pay out a deal to send a paper to actually close on the deal that's how i ended up with a uh price of two grand mm. but in actuality i only paid the guy a thousand dollars because here's the way that they almost lost me the deal i told them like hey i have a buyer lined up who's gonna buy at one fifteen, and i can get uh five thousand dollars wholesale fee which is what we ended up agreeing on but it wasn't an agreement it ended up being ten but I told them five and I was like, well, there's another buyer that just came in and coming on my Craigslist and they're going to do a $15,000 assignment fee. They buy it for 142. It was like, well, that's great. That's more money for us. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's more money for him too, you know, but the and he's like, all right, we'll call counsel with the other guy and go ahead and let this buyer come over and look at it so you can get it signed up. And something in my mind was telling me like, that don't seem right. Like I got one bird in the hand right now who's definitely going to buy this house. Already getting together to earn this money to go put down at the freaking the lawyer's office because the house is in probate, which also made it interesting because he bought it in probate out of like India State. And I had to go open up an account for him, in India State's name, so he could actually access the money.
0: This like, I learned a lot of crap on this deal, man. Oh, yeah. Sounds like it. Sounds like it. But I mean, what yeah. it really seems like here is like, you know. You've done a lot of work to really help this guy. Like he he obviously was in a tough situation, going exactly. through a lot in his own life. And you know, that's the great thing about wholesalers that people like people knock down a lot of wholesalers, but like at the end of the day, man, like we're doing a really good service to, to society and like a lot of people's real lives, like really help a lot of people throughout that process, which is a great feeling one. And like, yeah, you get paid, you know, money on some deals, but like, you know, there are people like yourselves that are willing to forego, you know, even making the money that they really deserve um, to really Mm -hmm. help out the situation. And that's, that's what it's all about, man. Like, you know, personally for myself too, man, I got in this game really just to help people. That's, that's, that's true. That's from the heart. And like, that's, that's what our whole ideology here is the company. Like, you know, if we don't get paid off a deal and we know that we're helping someone, that's a win in our book all day long. Um, that's exactly. where we stem from. That's where it all comes from. And yeah, if we can make some money off it, great. And if we can make a lot of money off it and it helps everyone out and it's always still a win-win situation, by all means, let's do that. Um, but you know, that, that's just great to hear. So it sounds like a really tough deal. Um, you know, you, you found the deal by using, you know, this, these these leads that were pretty much given to you. The reason why you won that lead was because you were different from everyone else that was calling that, that those those same exact leads there, uh, which is, which is great. And that's, that's a good gold nugget there for the audience there that, you know, does, does mean a lot being different than everyone else in your competition. there, saying different things, not being scripted, just trying to trying to be different than everyone else is going to win you a lot of things because everyone else is being the same thing. So, so that's how you, that's how you won that. That's how you found it. And, you know, how you close it is through constant, constant marketing, trying to figure it out for them and really trying to help them and and realistically staying following up with them, it seems like because you tried to you tried to sell it. Um, A lot of people, you know, would have run right there and just ran away. Hey, this isn't going to work. There's no deal here and just left it. But you stayed consistent, consistently following up with them. And then when they needed, you know, they needed the money real quickly, you were right there and you were really able to help them and connect them with the buyer. And what I also like to hear is, man, you were like super transparent up front about the whole process, which is, which is really great to hear. Um, I mean, a lot of wholesalers just try to like shimmy their way through. And, you know, it really depends on their perspective because, you know, a lot of our deals, what we're really is realistically just trying to buy these ourselves now. Um, but, you know, wholesaling is definitely one of our exit strategies too. So um, at the end of the day, I don't like to confuse the the owners too much on what we're really doing. So long as they I know, and huh? I feel confident I'm going to be able to buy this deal no matter what, or I can assign it or somewhere, somewhere I'm going to get it sold for them at the agreed upon price. I feel confident in the deal. And that's when I'll, I'll go ahead and lock something up, but. So that's great, man. That sounds like a <laughs> definitely great learning experience on that deal there. Um, so you, you did a couple of wholesale deals like that, um, you know, made some good money. It sounds like, um, you know, h- how did you like wholesale and you, 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 you did you like it? Was there some things you didn't like about it? And where wh- what led you towards where you're kind of what you're doing now into creative financing? All
1: right.
0: So, well, like, just to clarify, creative finance is kind of like the overall
1: umbrella, Yep. And wholesaling is a tool inside of creative finance. So I still wholesale. Yeah. Um, but wholesaling is not like my primary uh it's not my primary thing. But the uh thing that I liked about wholesaling was the fact that you got paid for the work you did versus you, you I, I could get paid off results because I always produce better results than everybody else, but I got paid the same amount of money as them, which <laughs> always pissed me off. Yep. Like we had these things in the Marine Corps called travel claims. And this is when I was admin. I would go in and I could do literally 20, 30 travel claims up in a two, three hour time period because, you know, I was getting out with medical. My knee was messed up. I was always going handling stuff legally or whatever. not. And, and I would come back to work and it would literally be people that were there all day to turn in five, six, seven travel claims that I would still have to go through and check and they would still be wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? So I feel like, yo, if we got paid based off results, half of them probably would have either been fired or reassigned or something because you can't really fire the Marines on a contract.
0: Right. See, I it's think just, that's the main thing about like real estate. Like I, I know personally, I got into it on the same reason. I mean, sales in general, right? You get paid off mm-hmm. your result. If you don't do good, don't get paid. <laughs> and that's right. why I like it too. It's, it's, it's a business that you have to love that. If you're not, if you don't have like a competitive background or you don't like to compete, real estate's probably not going to be for you, and especially if you don't like to help people too. Um, but like you know, you've really got to be out there and grind every day to get your paycheck, but there are ways that you can not do that, and that's that's what creative financing really means to me is that that's when you can actually start to forego that process and start to build long term mm-hmm. wealth so you don't have to always be fighting for your next check. Um, so so yeah. that that's that's pretty cool to hear, man. So um you were you were doing wholesaling and then you, you get into creative financing, which is like the umbrella, as you said, for for it all. So dive into that a little bit. And um, you know, what, what got you interested in that and um is probably probably pays more, I imagine, right? <laughs> yeah, well, actually uh a guy named uh Grant Kemp.
1: Okay. Actually, yep. I'm I'm in his mentorship as well. Like I guess I'm I've purchased a lot of mentorships and some of them have been bust and some of them have been like extremely awesome. He was another one of the awesome ones. I'm not gonna, I would never downgrade anybody. So if they were bad, you won't you won't know their name.
0: Right. Right. Yeah.
1: So um, but yeah, Grant Kemp, another great guy out of Texas. Uh oh my goodness. He, he's the one that got me into the subject two with uh buy subject two and sell with a rap.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, you know, so and like I that's that's how that's actually my first deal about Subject to sell the wrap whenever I get a finance deal, like super creative finance deal.
0: So uh, real, real quick, in, you want to just uh, explain what that means? Uh, buy subject to and sell with a wrap just for an audience that don't that doesn't know?
1: Yeah. yeah. So uh, buying subject to is like you hear thrown out a lot, sub to, subject to, but it, it's really just buying subject to any existing liens on the property, which means that if there's a mortgage already in place, you're taking over the mortgage, not assuming it, you're actually taking it over. And just taking it over on payments which is exactly what you need to tell the seller of the house whenever you're buying it you don't need to tell them like hey i'm going to be assuming your loan or you explain to them i'm taking over on payments but you are still liable and responsible for this and me when i'm telling this here are the disclosures initial here initial here and sign here <laughs> right you know like i need them to know like this is stating that you are still responsible for this and they're like well if i'm still responsible for it why would i you know give it to you because I'm taking over on payments. I have this as an asset now and I'm planning to go forward and make money utilizing your loan, but I'm going to pay your loan and help you out. So it's a win-win situation for real. Yep. And whenever I can sell a mortgage, which means that I'm going to wrap those terms. So if it's for a hundred thousand, I'm going to sell it and create a mortgage for 110. And if it has 3.5% interest, I'm going to put six on it. Yep. Which if the payments are... I don't know if 500, then my payments will be 700. And then I'm also going to take a down payment on the front end of that, which is why I love it so much because I get to get that $10,000 down payment up front of 10% of whatever we're selling it for or 11 grand at that point, And then create a mortgage on the back end to collect that money over time. So it's almost like getting a wholesale check up front and then collecting rental money on the back end without having to deal with tenants.
0: Right. Right. I, I love that strategy. It's, it's, it's so cool. Like how creative you can get in real estate. If you really like, there's so many different routes you can go, you know, you can go the wholesaling route. You can be a traditional real estate. You can start your own brokerage. You, you know, you can go into creative financing in terms of, you know, buying houses subject to, you can do owner financing where, where the owner of the property becomes a bank and then you own the property. And it's just, there's so many opportunities there and it's just got to, you got to find one that makes sense for you that you really can grab onto and become a master at. And that's what it seems like you're starting to do right now you're finding that you know like going to more creative financing routes you can you can probably you have all these other things in your back of your pocket like wholesaling that's still a route you have um but you can get really good at one and become a master at it and build a lifelong business around it too so that's really cool there so there were there were a bunch of deals uh that came through that actually wholesale last month i was
1: going to close on them myself because that the uh the mortgage subject but then at the end of the day, I looked at it and I was like, well, I don't really want a house in this area um, because we do only B areas, yep. B and above, because we can buy subject to, we can afford to go out and buy a three or $400,000 house and rent it yep. because we don't have to come up with the money up front for a down payment or anything like that. Like we have $0 out of pocket. We just save the family and now we put another family into a house that they can rent out that's in a gated community or a really, really nice area of town. And we can least opt it to them if they don't have the down payment up front. Yep. So, I mean, like, there's there's so many ways to go through and help people. Like, you can buy without having to actually put any cash up front. Because the reason why we need a percentage off is because of the risk that we're taking by using our own money up front, right? Exactly. So, I'm buying with cash or, you know, cash, regardless of whether I get it from a freaking hard money lender or whatever, or not it's cash, yep. wherever it comes from, right? So i with cash, just the cost of money, just the cost of capital, that's the cost of having everything tied up. If I don't have to tie any of that up, then what's the percentage? Like, how? what's my what do I go to to actually to make this deal work? How do I uh, see if it's a good deal or not? Well, I thought about it. It doesn't really matter because equity is going to come. Equity is going to go. And like Pace Morby says, equity comes, equity goes. But cash will always flow. So if it's cash flowing from day one, it'll be cash flowing at the end of the, the mortgage coming up. So if I can get a rental that's gonna cost me two uh, freaking say the house is worth two hundred thousand, but they owe two hundred twenty five thousand. If I take over that mortgage at two twenty five, but I can still cash flow nine hundred dollars a month. Was I dumb for buying that deal?
0: No, you're you're cash
1: flowing. You're making money every month. You're exactly. chilling. Exactly, exactly. So I can cash flow nine hundred dollars every single month for buying a deal that no one else will even consider touching.
0: Yep. Yeah. I love that. I love that, that you're able to do that. I mean, that's like the true form of really helping someone out because Mm -hmm. they can't sell that house in the market. They can't sell that to a wholesaler. They can't sell that to an investor. The only options really are trying to go through the short sale route, which is very long drawn out process that not Mm -hmm. everyone gets accepted for. And it's, it's, it's not fun. Uh, I've gone through it. It's really not fun at all. Um, Or you go to, A route like with someone like yourself that's able to really just immediately almost take over their payments, take over their whole, all their problems, take it off their belt, take it off their hands. And that is a complete win win because they are in a tough situation, obviously. And you know, this you're going to be able to take this house and cash flow off it and make money off it. And these people are probably just average Joes. They don't want to become a landlord. This isn't something that they want to do. I mean, another thing, you know, the people that are typically in these situations are most likely probably veterans as well, because the, and the yeah, reason why I say 100%. that is because they're they're utilizing their their zero down payment loan, which yeah. is a great product. It's great that they have that available, for veterans. Um, but the problem is, as a lot of people. I mean, right now in 2021, I don't see that happening a lot, just because of uh, the way that homes are going with with the, the equity that's just coming into into all the properties there. But you know, in, in 2020, 2019, and before that, you know, you could buy a house and say you get deployed a year later. Now you have this house that's sitting there. You have to sell it quickly or get out of it. And you know, you mm-hmm. bought it for 200, and now it's worth 220. I mean, I mean, it's um, you, you bought it for 220 and now it's only worth um, 200, um, you know, because because you, you, you bought it with a zero down interest. And how you pay your mortgage is, you know, you're paying interest payments up front almost pretty much. So you're not paying yeah. off your equity at all.
1: Um, the first seven years is uh, primarily interest.
0: Exactly. So these people are just in really tough situations and you're able to come through and essentially save them. Which is really cool. Yeah. So like
1: um, like what you're saying, and I thought this right here is like a cool fact because you know, I also do like finance and stuff too, um, which is why my real estate company is now called strategic finance. Like we still got property magicians because a lot of people find us, yep. but strategic finance, like we come in and we we educate people first and foremost. We're, we're educating everybody we go in and we sit down and talk to. And that's how we make all of ourselves, through educating people, Love right? That. We educate them on everything that we're doing, everything that's going to happen, everything that's going on. They know as much as we know. Yep. It's hundred percent transparency. And like, it's been so much easier. So I haven't paid for a lead in quite some time. Wow. That's awesome. And it's simply because I've called around, talked to the wholesalers in the areas that I work. And I have called around talked to the real estate agents in the areas that I work. And I was like, Hey, if you have any leads, old leads, no matter how old they are, what's going on with them, if they fit this criteria, which is number one, uh, no equity, you know, our wholesalers, the deal was too tight. Yep. Um, but the house is not listable. You, you wouldn't sell on the MLS for the price they the need, need for it, you know? And if real estate agents, the house sit on the market for a longer than 80, 180 days, and there's no, there's not enough equity to list it and the person don't have the money to actually go to close. So like a lot of these houses and stuff that we're buying or we're going through and we're looking to close up, there's actually people that have No equity that will be making no money off these houses. Some of them are negative. Some of them are like right there borderline, but we're actually paying their moving fees for them to leave the house. So they're they're actually getting something for selling their house. It's not like we're just coming in and taking over their payments, their mortgage and like, oh, well, you get nothing, you know?
0: Right. I think like, that's, that's, that's awesome. I think what, one thing you could do too is I would call up these wholesalers and be like, Hey, listen, if you have a homeowner that wants to sell and you can't help them, give me a call. I'll help them.
1: Yeah, 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 You have
0: so many different strategies, like all that other criteria is like, that's like your grade A criteria. But like, if someone wants to sell their home, they're motivated. They 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 need to sell it. Not they want to. They need to sell it. And mm-hmm. someone can't help them. You can. And the reason for that is is because you have a tool belt of solutions. You don't just have. You're not just a wholesaler where you know, one fits, one price fits all. I need to get 70% off the home value minus the repairs. And then what I want to make off it, you know, that's the wholesaler right there most of the time. So that's their one price they can offer. Um, And if if it doesn't fit that, it doesn't work for them. And a lot of them will just kick that lead to the side and let someone else deal with it. Um, But realistically, if they called up Courtney, hey, Courtney, I got this person, they want to sell their home. I can't help them. Can you help them? And realistically, anyone involved in real estate, anyone involved in wholesaling, anyone involved as as an agent anywhere, they should be there to help their clients. And that's what it is at the end of the day. So if you can't personally help your client, you need to find someone that can. And that's like finding someone like Courtney or find someone in your area that's able to do that. And that's your job at the end of the day. And like, you might not get paid for that. And, but most of the times you probably could, you know, Courtney, I'm sure would be able to work out a deal with you where you can get compensated off giving him your leads that you can't close yourself. Yeah. Uh, so we percent. Like
1: we that's, that's the one thing we leave with. We tell people, you know, turn your trash into cash mm-hmm. because you can't do anything when you've essentially put them in your trash bin because they don't work for you. But these people have called you showing interest that they're want to sell. They need to sell but you just can't help them because it's not it's not in your wheelhouse at this moment. It may be in the future, but at this moment, it's not
0: right. And, and that's OK, mind. too. You know, a lot of people, they got it. They got to get really good at one thing. And I get that. Like, you, mm-hmm. you got to become specialized in something. You got to get really good at that one thing. And if you don't, you're going to be like a chicken with your head cut off running everywhere. Uh, so it takes time to get on all those skill sets and to, to learn how to do those deals and stuff. But then the day, like you got to find someone that can do it if you can't you know, if that's not your specialty, that's not your niche, you got to still be there to help them point blank period. And that, that's what I, you know, I tell my guys, if someone needs to sell, you don't leave, you don't, you don't throw them away. You always keep them, you follow up with them and you find a way to help them. And if you can't call me up, I'll help you. We'll, we'll sit down. I'll go meet them. I'll come out to the appointment. I'll, I'll sit down with them and I'll find a solution so long as they need to sell or they, like they have to, well, I'll make it work. I'll find some way to make it work for them. And, you know, uh, we haven't came across a solution of a, a situation where someone needed to sell and we couldn't help them um, just because there's so many creative ways you can get in real estate. And, uh, yeah, you know, Stupid, um, and everyone, yeah. listens, you really got to be keep that in the back of your head. Think on that on that and that, use that mindset kind of going into appointments and talking to talking to homeowners um, that, you know, you are here as a resource and you are here as a solutionist first and foremost, and you're just there to help them. And you got to discover their problems and figure out solutions to those problems. And that's really all you're doing. And, you know, you can get paid a lot of money typically for it, too, which is all the better. Uh, So, so Courtney, it seems like, you know, you're, you're doing really well right now. You're crushing it with creative financing. You've been to get to generate leads. Essentially, you've been networking with wholesalers, um, real estate agents, um, really anyone in real estate that are talking to homeowners that might be coming uh, coming across problematic homeowners that need to sell. And essentially, if they can't do anything with it, they're passing it off to you. Is that right? Yeah. So
1: I want to go in and dive on this one a little bit because I'm really excited about it. I told you about it the other day when we talked on the phone, but 17 house portfolio. That we're about to buy with seller financing, meaning the guy owns them free and clear. And we're about to buy all 17 of them with seller financing with tenants in place and use the tenants already in place to pay him the money going forward.
0: And that's crazy.
1: And once those tenants get out of there, we're going to go in, renovate those houses, and then go back and sell them on a lease option to those same tenants that were staying there.
0: Man, that's crazy. So 17 homes. So, so this is a landlord that owns a portfolio of 17 homes. Right. He wants to get out of the game, right? He doesn't want to deal with tenants anymore. He doesn't want to deal with, you know, tenants calling him up. Hey, come fix this. Oh, Hey, I'm rent. I'm late on rent this month and dealing with all of COVID and everything like that. So, Mm -hmm. so he probably wants a large amount of money and another wholesale real estate agent aren't going to be able to sell it for him because he probably wants too much. Is that right? Um, he does want full market
1: value. And this came from a real estate right. agent. So and it they well, have full market value
0: for the portfolio or full market value on every single individual house in the portfolio. Every single, single individual prices. house. Right. Every right. single so, individual okay. house in the portfolio. Yeah. So that's a so, lot more than the portfolio's um retail value. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Okay. So but
1: yeah. we're we're buying it above value. And he's also. A lot of people are like, well, how how do you get people to do seller financing? Like, they're not in any pain. There's no pain there. Like, there's never any pain with seller financing. You right. know, he doesn't need the money right now. He's he's cash flowing 100%, minus whatever his uh, repairs and vacancies might be, which he said most of these houses have the same people in them for the past six or seven years. Right. Which means that there's nine times out of 10 going to be room to move that rent up because they're probably not at market rent. He hadn't had a need to move them up. They're paying on time every month. Why touch it? But we're not going to go there. That's a whole other, other. Uh, so, so what are the,
0: what are the pros and cons? Essentially, you know, what what is the value for him of doing this versus keeping them himself and then renting them out? All right. So, um, right now,
1: since they're moving up, I don't know if they already done it or not, but I know it's in the works. Uh, capital gains is supposed to be going up to thirty nine point six percent or forty percent across the board. Yep. He's going to avoid that capital gains because he'll be taking payments over the next. 20 years because we worked out a 20-year agreement. Um, he's not going to be here much longer because when I want to do 30 years, he's like, I'm not going to see that. And I was like, well, what about your kids? You got kids? He's like, yeah, that's why I'm selling it because I want to have the money there for them. I was like, but do you think your kids are going to blow through if you get this, you know, say it's 100 grand and he gets freaking 40 or uh, 60,000 of it after taxes, you think your kids are going to blow through 60,000 or get that whole uh, 100% of that money guaranteed? without having to pay the tax on top of that. Right. And have it spread out over time. So we get he gets to avoid a tax burden for one. Number two, um, what's the other thing? He gets his payments over time. Uh we're paying the agent's fee. So on this on this property coming up, we're gonna pay the agent's fee for him. That was like one of the things that worked in there. And the agent is getting a win because she was like, oh he's not gonna go for selling financing. I was like, well let me shoot you over my terms. You write it up and you get to act as the buyer's agent. Since I don't have one, Mm. and she was like, "Okay," and I was like, "Yeah." So that means you get both sides of the commission. She was happy, like, "Oh, yeah." She was happy about that, but she still was like, "I don't think he's gonna go for the seller finance." I was like, "Well, I'm gonna shoot it over to you with instructions on how you should pitch it to him." Right. If you need help, just call me on three way, and I'll help you out. (laughs) Right. So she's like, she's like, "All right, well, whatever." I send over the terms, and then she sends back an email with just a big smiley face and a thumbs up because the terms were like. I'm paying for a commission because one of the things I can tell she's worried about if it's seller financing and it's 0% down payment, where's her money coming from? Right. Right. Yes, so, so, and I mean, yeah, it, it makes sense. Like, it's, I'm, I'm paying over market value, get a bigger commission. So, it helps out everyone. So, my money in the deal is a lot smaller. I'll make all of my money back from paying her commission up in less than a year.
0: Wow. Okay. So, let, let's break it down real quick. Um, do, you, do you already close the deal?
1: No, it's supposed to be closing
0: uh, this Friday. Are you comfortable talking about some numbers on it? Uh, sure. All right. Well, f- feel free to you know fudge some numbers if you don't want to give the full full numbers on stuff. But um, so how much are you going to be buying it for? Seller finance. Uh, six hundred fifty thousand. Six hundred fifty thousand. And what are your monthly payments to the owner is going to look like? Uh,
1: no. Don't you hate when you're looking through your freaking things and you can't find what you're looking for? Yeah. All right. So the monthly payments to the owner are going to be right at 20.
0: 28,000, 28,000, that's 20, 28,000, 2800, Sorry. All right. So 2,800 a month. Right. And you're doing zero down, right? 0% down, zero down, 0% down. And what about your interest? 0% interest. 0% interest. Wow. Yeah.
1: He's trying to, he's trying to get the interest up in there. And then I had to show him like we're saving him a tax burden. He's getting a hundred percent of the money because he's, right. I, he didn't have to pay this. I was like, your interest is built in.
0: Yep. So and he owns all these properties outright, right? Right. Okay. And do you know how much he was getting in rent? Uh, up in rent, he was making
1: roughly about 45- 4,500 You said. Yeah, it's like I think it's like forty five five or something like that. Forty five hundred
0: fifty dollars. So he's taking like, a pretty he's taking a pretty big loss, about almost two thousand dollars a month loss in in rent, right? Right, but he doesn't have to deal with tenants. Right, I'm I mean,
1: Here's here's the way I explained it to him. I said, all right, so you know, you're the landlord now. You're the guy, you're you're this guy on the totem pole. Yep. This is the bank. You are becoming the bank. You're taking a full 180 yep. in your position right now. So you're taking a little less money over time. But I mean, over time, he's going to get that full 650,000 plus not have to pay, which the portfolio altogether was like roughly about, I think it was like 612 or something. So we're overpaying.
0: Right. So his interest is literally built in. Right. So, so one, one, uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, so, one, one, one question I have um, if I was the homeowner, what, what if I just refi cash out refinanced out of my portfolio? You know, so say you get 70% uh, cash out refinance. And what that means right. for people that aren't listening, you go to a bank and you say, Hey, listen, I got this property here. Um, say just one property, for example, it's worth six hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars. I, I don't have a loan on it, I want to take a loan out on it, and that's what essentially a cash out refinance is. They're gonna give you cash uh f- and then put a loan on the property, and that's typically Somewhere between seventy and ninety percent of the home's value of what it's appraised at. Um, you know, if you don't know anybody, you're probably getting closer to seventy as you build a relationship up. You can get closer to that ninety number. But so, say we're talking seventy percent there. You know, if if, if um, he, he wanted to do a cash out refinance, he could get seventy um, percent of six hundred fifty thousand dollars out of it, which 52, four hundred fifty fifty two, fifty five four four hundred fifty five thousand dollars. And and yeah. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong here. That's a non taxable event. You don't get taxed. Yes, one hundred percent. That's actually a strategy that we use. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, that's a whole
1: that's a whole other podcast right there. Right. But yeah. That's that's a that's a not a taxable event.
0: Right. So like, if if I was the homeowner, I, that's what I would do. Right. So like. Um, I don't know how much his mortgage would be off of 600. Well, it'd be, you know, $455,000, but I'm sure, you know, he'd be able to take out, you know, 400K in cash, you know, 450K in cash, non-taxable, mm-hmm. no taxes, no capital gains, anything. And even if you wanted to do after that, sell the properties, that's what I would do. So I would cash out refinance. Then I don't know if they have like a term, like you have to wait to sell it, but I don't think they do. You could just sell it no. right after that. And then you're capital gains on what, what was left over, which is the extra 200,000. Yeah. And we actually offered for him to go and do that.
1: Yep. Uh, we made that offer for him to go and do that cash out refinance. And then we'd still take over a loan subject two and pay him the difference in between yep. with the seller finance, you know, it's kind of like a seller carry back.
0: Yep. So you do a subject um, to with the seller finance essentially. Yep. And he'd probably be like on the third or second lean position, right? Yeah. He'd, he'd be a second lean position with a performance note. Yep. Yep. So yeah, just you would you would have to pay the bank off first and his equity that he has in the deal, you would be he'd be the banker essentially for that equity. Right. I just want to explain yeah. it for the audience. But yeah, yeah. And the reason why he didn't want to do that was because he
1: wanted to start collecting those payments up front. Yeah. Uh, and doing it that way and during the deal, we didn't need we didn't need it at least five or 10 years before we started paying him on that note. Right. And he don't he didn't want to do that. So it, it just works out better for him this way. Keep the cash flow coming. He's not hurting for money. He doesn't need like a big chunk, but also he says he doesn't want to deal with the houses either, which is why he didn't go and refinance to take the money out.
0: Right, right, man, that's crazy though. So, um, you think right now the well, you don't got to think the current rent right now is bringing in forty five hundred. So you're going to essentially almost immediately cash flow uh, almost two thousand a month right off the bat. And you said that you're going to be able to bring up those rents. Um, I would assume you'd be able to bring them up to probably sixty five hundred a month, right? And the reason why I say that is I'm looking at that one percent rule, and I know you're down south there with those properties, so so that one percent rule is pretty fair out there. After we looked at it, um, our two year mark we're going to be cash flowing six grand after we get all the
1: properties up and running the way we need them to.
0: So, so you're going to you're going to probably get the rent up to like eight eight thousand eight eighty eight 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 hundred a month. Yeah, it's somewhere around there.
1: All I know is it's going to be six thousand dollars cash flow after everything's all said and done.
0: That's crazy. How long you think you're going to be able to uh, until then? Two years. Two years. Wow. That's that's a crazy deal. So right off the bat, you buy this property, no money down, no interest rates, you're immediately cash flowing. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you got to deal with the tenants, you got to deal with repairs, but factor that in for a property manager. I mean, you know, you're still cash flowing fifteen hundred dollars a month minimally. And then no, that's that's actually
1: that's actually that's actually counting the property manager because he already has one in place. Wow. Like the the reason why these houses were so hard for the agent to move and like she was like just frustrated with it. It's because he would not budge on tenants want to stay in place, property manager want to stay in place. He won't sell the house unless you agree to leave him there.
0: That's something, man. It seems like there might be something else going on there. Uh (laughs) I don't know. Maybe 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 he owns the property management company. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? I think you're going to find out soon enough, though. But man, that that is a crazy home run of a deal. I mean, you know, shoot, I it. mean, that's that's one hundred thousand dollars a year off that one deal uh, for, you said, 20 years. And then you then it's going to be even more than that. You know, so that that's that's crazy. That's a yeah. crazy deal. Oh, and I was going to tell you, like, if say wholesaling is your
1: your main strategy, because, you know, we went on the, the retreat. We got to do another one of those, man. It's coming up June time. We got to do something. Oh,
0: yeah. You're coming down to, to Massachusetts, right?
1: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember you told me I was going to do this month. And I wish I had them because I was looking at the ho- the prices and like they shot up like almost four or five hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, man. Actually, and they the, the, also weather's got- getting, the weather's just getting nice over here, too. So it would have been good for it. Yeah, because that's going to be coming down this
1: coming up weekend, which I wouldn't have made it. I had a death in the family, so it's a funeral and I wouldn't miss it for the world.
0: Oh, man, so,
1: I'm kind of awesome glad man. I didn't schedule it. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah, man, you got to pull up sometime here soon, man, for sure. Um, so man, that, that deal right there is absolutely crazy. I love that. Um, and you said a real estate agent brought that to you.
1: Yeah. She's getting frustrated with it. Like every time she get a buyer to come in and ready to buy and qualified, they wanted to bring in their own property management team, of course. And they wanted to be, uh, get the tenants out of it as soon as possible, renovate the houses and then try to boost the rents up. Cause you know, that's, that's what you do. Yep. So I, I just came in and tried to find a way to work with him on what he wanted to do and let him know, like, hey, we're not gonna put these guys, they're gonna stay in there, they're gonna have the option to remain there even after we move the rents up. If they choose not to, then that's nothing we can do. But the property manager, we signed a contract with them for five years. Nice, so, and that's 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 gonna happen at
0: so one question I do have, you said the, you're paying the real estate agent. I'm assuming she's probably getting like 5% off the deal, which is about $32,000. Where Where is that coming from? Is that coming from, you know, a, their first year in rent? You're going to give her some of that? Or are you going to borrow some private money for that? You're going to pull it out of your own pocket? What are you going to be doing for that? Uh, we're, um, we're actually paying that out of our uh, life insurance policy. Okay. Okay. You want to explain that a little bit?
1: Yeah, so uh, we utilize this thing called the infinite banking concept. It's where you capture uh, all the dollars coming in. You're holding them into this freaking whole life insurance policy. This little crappy whole life insurance policy that everybody likes to hate on. Um, And it draws 4% every year. You can borrow against that money. And let me see, do I have the calculator on here? If I don't, I'm not gonna worry about it. Oh, there it is. All right, so. I just want to show you some numbers, right? Because a lot of people's minds are blown away when I show them this. Well, let's say we're borrowing, uh, what is it? Let's say 35000 out of there. And it's going to be at 4%. And we'll just do 12 months. No additional add. Come on. All right. Uh, No, it's 12 years, not 12 months. Ha. All right. So one year. I was like, I was like, how did they make that much money over one year? All right. And then we'll do 12 months over here. Interest will be, let's say we're going to pay on the loan that we take out $35,000. All right. So just looking at this amortization schedule right here. And let me make sure I got the right one. Six, four, five. All right. So a lot of people ask me, like, okay, so you went out you paid all this money off for this stuff. How are you gonna you know make cash off, make money off that? I was like, Well, I borrowed against the life insurance policy. It's like, but you still gotta pay that money back. I'm like, Yeah, I do, but I'm gonna actually make money off of that. So if you can see right here on the compounder. I don't know how clear that is. Right there at the me. bottom. Yep. Yeah. yeah, The bottom number. Like I guess I got a new laptop. for you also. <laughs> the freaking bottom number is $36,147. That's how much you pay at a 6% interest over a year. If I leave it in the policy at 4% over a year at 35000 you can see right there on the compounder. Is it clear enough?
0: 36425 four four twenty yeah. five. yep. Yeah, yep.
1: $36,425 and then 36147 we actually made money for paying that agent and then paying ourselves back. So, borrowed money against our policy and then paid it back into our policy while it was still compounding.
0: So, we actually so, make money. So let me let me break this down. So you you take you take your own money out of your pocket. Essentially, you put it into this life insurance policy, which has a bunch of other benefits, of course, as well. Of course, if you die, mm-hmm. you get a policy that comes out to cover your expenses and stuff. Um, but yeah. what you're doing there with your policy using infinity banking um, is you're taking a loan out essentially based on the money that you have in there um, to right. pay for this real estate agents commission here. Um, and you said that. That money that's inside your your life insurance policy is getting uh, interest, obviously with it um, that that you mm-hmm. get back. You know, you have APR, and then your loan has an APR. I imagine, right? Or is, is there no APR on the loan that you take out?
1: The loan that we take out is at five percent. The yep. guaranteed one hundred percent guaranteed interest rate is four percent. Okay. And there's also a dividend at the end of the year. So when I pitch this, I tell people. The highest, okay. So I always go with the worst case scenario versus the high, the lowest scenario. Yep. Lowest scenario is four percent. Company's not profitable. No, no uh, dividend at the end of the year. The highest is six percent. That's the highest they can charge you contractually, meaning that it it's in a contract. Yep. That is very simple to read. Five pages. Five page contract. Really simple. Everything outlined right there. Right. It's not no freaking rocket scientist Science needed to to understand this thing laid out plain and simple what you can do what you can't do how it works um but yeah i mean like that's that's essentially it like we do the worst case scenario against the the best case scenario and every single time four percent outperforms six percent right and it boggles it boggles their mind like it's compound interest versus simple interest compound interest at the end of every year it's acting upon or the end of every month it's acting upon a larger number simple interest that you're paying at the end of every year, that 6% that's bigger than the 4% is acting on a smaller number. So therefore, at some point, those two are going to like flip-flop and that 4% is going to overtake the 6%. Sometimes the longer it goes on, the, the wider the margin gets.
0: Right. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. So That's pretty crazy. So pretty much utilizing you know, the, this insurance policy to pay for other things that you're making money off of, which is pretty dope, pretty dope, right. man. So, that, I mean, man, again, that that deal is a complete home run there. Um, and it's crazy because no one else probably thought they could do it, right? And even the real estate agent didn't think they would do it. And no one else could buy this thing. But the, the homeowner was motivated to sell. So man, that's that's a crazy opportunity there, crazy win win situation. And a couple of years from now, you're gonna be making hundred thousand dollars a year just from this deal alone. That's that's incredible. Yeah, so you know, if you hold a deal, you, you can make you know maybe fifty thousand right away, hundred thousand right away, which is on the high high end of an high mm-hmm. assignment fee. Um, or you can do a deal like this and be getting a hundred thousand a year for life. Crazy.
1: Yeah, so I was gonna say like if you if you can buy a subject to, or even not buy it, just get it assigned as subject to. You can literally go out and pitch this to say you have a fix and flipper and you bought you, you signed the house up for a subject to deal. And it's that 85, sometimes 80%. They'll be willing to bite on it and pay you a five or $10,000 wholesale fee. Yep. Because they don't have to go looking for capital. Right. Because now they have a, instead of a 12% interest payment that they got to make over the next 12 months and have to worry about paying it back, that bought them some time. Now they can go out and pay on this. Home loan, which
0: if they got it in the last, I just lost you there. Sorry, you there? There
1: we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's why I paused. You're looking at two point five percent to maybe, I don't know, five percent on the high end. If you got they got their, their loan in the last seven years. Wow. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. So like that's that's another strategy. Like you can go out and you can pitch higher deals to people that normally wouldn't want anything like oh i want 70 percent where here's one for 80 but it comes with finance
0: what right <laughs> are you so going to be trying landlord, to go about uh, the same strategy going forward like trying to buy portfolio deals like this
1: honestly i'm looking at buying apartment deals like this yep love that like literally with seller financing and wholesaling i'm looking to go out find some apartments that I can buy, but of course I want to find someone partner with somebody that already has the experience uh with dealing with the apartments first. I don't mind giving up money in a deal to get some experience, man. Yeah, that, that's awesome. Gain that that partner out there. But yeah, so that's that's like my thing. So uh eventually I wanna for residential, I want to only own loans on residentials going forward. Maybe, because like my my end game with this is five ten years to actually be out of all these deals. So we're gonna offer lease options with guaranteed uh financing at the end, as long as they don't miss any payments, regardless of what their credit is, regardless what their down payment is. Like we're gonna guarantee a a wrap mortgage on the property, pretty much. We'll become the financier for them. as long as they're as long as they don't miss any payments. We're guaranteed that. That's awesome. So five to yeah five to ten years, I want to be out of these out of these houses and have mortgages on them. But at the same time, I know that rentals is the highest and best use for the properties right now.
0: Definitely, man. Definitely, that's awesome, man. Well, one thing I want to ask you, man, is um, you know if if someone was new getting involved in real estate, what is like, one good piece of advice you'd give to them?
1: Um, the one piece of advice I give them, same advice I've been taking, just get started. Mm. Like. Literally, uh, what's the guy's name? He just he wrote this book called Cashflow Diaries. Uh, Jay Massey. He says that I'm gonna be teaching you guys, but the only thing I need from you is to move at the speed of instruction. Meaning, as soon as I said, you do it. Don't wait for the. Don't wait to learn the next thing. You don't need to know A to Z. You just need to know A to B, and then B to C, and then C to D. Everything will line up and come to place. And if it doesn't, then you figure it out.
0: We're entrepreneurs and we get paid to solve problems. Definitely, brother. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I I think about it the same way, man. Like, you know, uh, like my guys getting started, like say they're trying to, you know, start doing wholesaling, for example, like uh, they're all worried about like, you know, how how are we going to find the buyer? How are we going to close this thing? I'm like, don't worry about that. First, find a homeowner that wants to sell or needs to sell, try to find out. If, if we can, if, if they need our help first, that's the first step. Right. And then the second step. All right, now let's try to come up with a, some solution for them that works. And then we go figure out how to solve that solution, if you will. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, okay. it's, 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 there's so many different steps in it. You can't worry about the end of the finish line when you're just starting out. You just got to jump in head first and just get going. A lot of people get stuck with analysis paralysis. I know when I first got started, I did for a while too. Um, but yeah, man, that's some great advice, man. You just gotta jump in and get get started up and get get going with it. But um, Cody, I don't want to make take too much of your time here. Um, thank you so much for hopping on. Where can people you know find you or reach out to you, maybe connect with you? Maybe someone's listening is has a bunch of apartments, maybe they want to partner up with you. How would they uh, get a hold of you? All right, you can find me on Instagram at
1: Antonio, that's C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y, Antonio, A-N-T-O-N-I-O, and I'm on Facebook uh, at the same handle, or you can just look me up, Courtney Kimbrough, that'll be my page, or my regular page, I guess, and then my business page is Courtney Antonio, Uh, you can find me on there with the same handle, Uh, and there's also CourtneyAntonio.com, because you know I'm starting up the 88K Challenge.
0: Yep, yep. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, you want to talk about even, that for a second? Yeah. Um, so the 88 k challenge uh, is simply something that I came up with looking at uh, freaking, what was the name of the show? Undercover billionaire. Yep. Where they All have right. to they have to make a million dollar business over 90 days, getting dropped off with a hundred dollars and yep. in the new location. You know, so I, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, but it seems pretty easy. It's weird, right? Normally, people are like a million dollar business. That's a hard thing. I was like, no, it's easy. It's just a valuation. You don't have to make a million dollars. Just a million dollar valuation. Right. Like with multipliers. That's a pretty easy feat to do. So, but anyways, so I don't knock the show. It's not everybody can do it, but right. it's it's a it's not a hard thing to do. So, um, my thing was I was like, so I want to know what did the average individual make in the United States. Uh, the average household income. So I said I'm going to do that. Up in the next six months, I'm gonna produce an average household income in the next six months per month. I was like, nah, that's that's not worth doing. Um, and given the tools and the knowledge I've come across, I feel like it's I feel like I might be underselling it if I actually put the work in. Um, but essentially, at the end of this, I want to be making at least eighty eight thousand a month, uh, and have system and processes put into place to where the eighty eight thousand does not require my direct attention. And it also continues to produce more money over time. So I can ultimately get to my personal mission, which is to help 1 million people out of poverty. And my company's mission, because we're strategic finance, we teach strategic living, we actually are going to eradicate poverty. And as I said, not try, we're going to. I won't be here to see it. I know I won't be here to see it, but the vision will be put into place. I know I've be around long enough to put in the guidelines and the parameters and everything up to where this this company will make this happen going forward it might be 100 years from now but we will eradicate poverty in the united states and it's, it's literally just all mindset and getting people to shift their thinking that's it
0: 100 man i love that love that man i can't wait to see you know, everything come to fruition for you man you're already crushing it right now man and i really can't see where it all goes man it's gonna be awesome uh but man again thank you so much for hopping on man um uh, definitely some crazy gold nuggets in there guys this is an episode that shoot, you're going to want to listen to twice. And we'll probably do a couple more uh, podcasts where we'll break down a couple more of those things, you know, different creative financing stuff, uh, different tax advantages, stuff like that. So Courtney's a great friend of mine. Thank you so much for hopping on. I know we can have him back for some more episodes where we can break down some more stuff. So Courtney, thanks so much, man. I hope you have a great rest of your day, man. And thank you again for hopping on, man. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Home Point Experience. That was a crazy, crazy episode with Courtney Kimbrough. He absolutely destroyed it. I know, I know you guys have some gold nuggets you guys taken out from that episode. Courtney is a really good guy. He is a straight hustler, straight example of your go getter. He goes out and gets it done. So, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Home Point Experience. Again, this is your co host, Justin Dion, and I hope you guys got some value from that episode. Go check out Courtney, go follow him on his journey. And again, make sure to give us a follow over here at the Home Point Experience so you can be notified for our next episode.